0: Lift off! We
1: have a lift off. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Heyo! Heyo!
2: Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Modjuke, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Modjuke, content manager with DraftKings Nation, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, y'all?
1: Oh, nothing. (laughs) Just getting ready to talk wide receivers, which is my favorite position to talk about, and also the most volatile
0: is it really your favorite position to talk about? It, it's 100% it really mine. Is.
2: I think it's. I Michelle, it. we used to be Team RB. Yeah, but now I think <gasps> wide receivers are far more interesting to rank because there's every year in the top 12, there's a new group of guys that pop up, and you're like, where did they come from? You know, and they, it, it, it seems so obvious with running did, backs. I Every time that
0: happens, I say, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you go? <laughs> Where did you come
2: from? Oh, wow. If this is your first time listening, I'm sure you've already closed the app, and I'm very sorry. But if you stayed with us, we we do have a fun show today. We're getting into the wide receiver rankings, top 12 for the 2022 season. If you missed our running back or quarterback rankings, you can go find those. We uh, posted the running backs. Uh, on Monday morning and the quarterback rankings last week. So make sure to go listen to those as well. If you did not leave us a five-star review or I guess any review you want, but you know, we're hoping for five stars, but those reviews help so much. So please do that for us. If you have not yet, and you enjoy the show, we have a lot to talk about today. Let's hop right into the news and notes.
1: Breaking Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news,
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are celebrating today because our boy, or at least my boy, Baker Mayfield, he's officially named a Panthers starting quarterback. He's going to be starting week one against the Browns. It's going to be an amazing game. Uh, This game went from a game that nobody was ever going to watch, you know, the Browns versus the Panthers, to a game now everyone wants to watch. Jake, does this news do anything for you? I mean, I guess we've been expecting it.
1: Yeah, this was already the expectation. I I would have been shocked if it was anything but this. they come out and said, Sam Darnold's our guy for week one. I would have have kind of lost it. (laughs) And I would have lost faith in this entire offense. So this is good news and just good reassurance.
2: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we won't be talking about DJ Moore in our top 12 wide receivers today because Kate and Jake ruined that. Uh, He's my wide receiver 10, but they put him too low. So we don't get to discuss DJ Moore today, but I I love DJ Moore going into the season. I think he's going to do very well with Baker Mayfield. One of us needed to take you down a notch. (laughs) I I just, I think he's super talented and now he gets a quarterback upgrade. And now I did want to ask about Robbie Anderson one last time. One last time. The answer didn't change. One last time. (laughs) He had 110 targets last year. I don't think we realized that 110 targets quite a lot. 136 in 2020. He was the wide receiver 19 in 2020. The one year he finally got away from Sam Darnold. Now he gets away from Sam Darnold again, hopefully for the full year. I mean, 110 targets with uh Baker Mayfield could be nice deeper. You would expect his completion percentage from 48% to go up. I like him as a later on target. You guys are stuck saying no way Jose. It's not I like Robbie Anderson still has this like super high
0: catch rate in general. Like he was at 48% um, last season. That his one
2: year without Sam Darnold. That was 70%. It's not his fault. He's been stuck with Sam. Stupy I know, Darnold. but I I'm just saying like extrapolating over his career. Uh, it's
0: not as though we can project that he is going to be at a 70% catch rate. Like for most of his career, he's been in the mid, 50% range. And I don't, there's absolutely room to go up, especially with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who, as you've pointed out several times, has a skill set and a deep ball skill set that complements Robbie Anderson's like sort of upside very well. But like he's still that kind of deep threat guy. Those aren't usually the guys that we see come out with high target or high catch percentages like they're yeah, making this still,
2: but i'm just saying it's gonna go up from 48 and when he had 55 in 2017 again before sam darnold he put up 941 yards on 114 targets even with that low catch percentage so he can he can do damage just as long as the quarterback throwing him the ball is not the worst quarterback in the nfl yeah he can do I'm,
1: damage i i agree a- he can do it, but is he going to do it on 110 targets again this year with Christian McCaffrey playing the entire season? I don't think so. I think that's a big reason why he got to that number last year. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has never had one healthy, less than 113 targets over the course of a season. So like that's going to eat into that role. It doesn't mean that he can't have some nice games here and there. I just don't expect any modicum of consistency.
2: Yeah, I might be a little too bullish on this Panthers offense because I have CMC ranked number one. I have DJ Moore ranked <laughs> wide receiver 10, and now I'm trying to talk up Robbie Anderson is this good late run. And Matt, uh,
0: pick. Matt Rule is Michelle's coach of the year <laughs> candidate. Yeah.
2: So maybe maybe you guys are right. There's probably not enough room for all three guys to be good for fantasy. But DJ Moore and CMC through the roof. All right, moving on. Raiders plan to release running back Kenyon Drake. Uh don't really care about it for Kenyon Drake, but does this change anything for you for Josh Jacobs or anything with the Raiders' backfield? Jake, we'll start with you.
1: It's not even Josh Jacobs to me that gets much of a change. Uh, I was still expecting them to cut somebody here, and I think Samir White basically kind of takes over the incumbent backup. What I'm really interested in, is Amir Abdullah as like a late round guy. He's already been Ew. pinged <laughs> as being, he's been pinged as having the James White role in this offense, which is coming over from the new England system. By like, the
0: way, I'm every time you hear curious. the James White role drink.
1: Okay. I'm but this is from, this is actually a coaching staff who can understand what that means. It's yeah, not but like this the issue is team.
0: Jake, there's so many of Bill Belichick's little minions around the NFL now. Like there's, <laughs> There, like, there's only one James White, and uh, none of them are, like, uh, we throw that that word around.
2: Like, I do feel like every year, uh, someone tries to hype up Amir Abdullah, like, and then it starts going. And that person is Jake. I'm doing <laughs> yes. it this
1: year. It's my turn.
2: Okay, so now I know how you guys feel when I try to talk about Robbie Anderson. I'm like, <laughs> I-, I get it now. Um, Kate, does this change anything for you? I know you really like Samir White. Does this make him more, you know? Draftable, I guess, and redraft late in the draft as like a handcuff type of player.
0: I think he's an interesting handcuff. I don't think he's going to be a player that you're necessarily going to be able to start with any like relevant, like any sort of consistency. But I mean, if anything happens to Josh Jacobs, I think it's Zemir White's role. Um, And secondly, I do think that I don't know the narrative around Josh Jacobs, like I'm not even talking about the Hall of Fame game where he played way too much. The narrative, Josh Jacobs has kind of been like, yeah, I don't really want to be like top dog. Like, I don't want to have a million touches on my body. Literally the opposite of Najee Harris. Najee Harris is like, give me the football. I want to carry my team. (laughs) No, Josh Jacobs, like, I would prefer not to do that. Yeah. And I feel like that's just kind of been all, like maybe if he's been saying that even himself, we should probably start listening to that.
2: True, true. Moving on, Mike Evans hamstring oh. injury return to practice uh, hey! today on Monday. So keep an eye on that. Hopefully he's good to go. He sat out for a couple weeks, so he let it heal. Hopefully there's no re-injury. Um, but for now, we're we're happy. Tom Brady also returned. He did. Good news. Yeah, good I'm news the for singer. the Buccaneers. Uh, Packers head coach Matt Lafleur said Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are 1A and 1A in this backfield. I love to hear it. I have them both ranked pretty high. Um, I think AJ Dillon is quickly becoming one of my favorite mid-round running back targets. Do you guys agree?
1: Yeah, he to me is the cusp before the running back dead zone. He used to be included in that for a lot of people. I know hopefully they are not including him anymore, but he is still the last guy where it's like, it gets real bad after him. You better snatch him up if you uh, intend to get anybody within that three-round area.
2: Well, would you be surprised at all if he scores 10 rushing touchdowns this year? Nope. I uh, will not. Jake, so do
0: you include Rashad Penny in that running back dead zone?
1: He is in the dead zone.
2: Ooh,
0: that me. is a mistake, my brother. I would much rather have
2: A.J. <laughs> Dillon than Penny, though.
0: I think Penny's upside is much higher than Dylan's.
2: Mm, I don't think so. Hmm. And I, I mean, Rashad Penny is like, that was my original Zach Moss. So, you know, (laughs) that's my boy. And I, if Russell Wilson was still in Seattle, maybe I would think differently, but I think in the offense, I don't think he has a higher upside than AJ Dillon. They're both likely to split a backfield, you know, whenever Ken Walker gets back. And I think the touchdown opportunities are just so much greater with the Packers okay okay but their prices are pretty different i mean you can get penny well after aj Dillon. so true i don't think it has to be one or the other not while i'm around (laughs) i don't even know what that means
1: (laughs) i don't know but it's provocative (laughs) it gets the
2: people going all right one more note uh just to say quickly before we get into our wide receivers michael thomas saints wide receiver out of practice with a hamstring injury severity 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 Severity. Severity of the injury is unknown. Um, this is just annoying because he finally got back. And then you finally were like, okay, maybe he will play this year, which you know, he should still play. It's just a hamstring injury. But like Jameis Winston just got back to practice. So they've been, you know, when Michael Thomas came back, Jameis Winston was out. And now Winston's back and Michael Thomas is back out. They've never had time to build this connection because last year they didn't have it. The last offseason they didn't have it. So really, what are these two going to look like? Who knows? I mean, Michael Thomas is so scary, right? Because if he plays and he's healthy, he's going to be great. (laughs) I don't don't know what to do with him. Jake, what do you do with Michael Thomas?
1: You just hope that starting week one he's out there looking like 2019 Michael Thomas, I guess, which is really sucky. It's a terrible spot to be in as a fantasy manager this close to the season. It's like, it's not that I'm not going to draft him, but man, he makes it hard to draft him with confidence right now.
2: I'll say if he comes out week one and he has a great game, I think I'm just going to try to trade him. I just, it, if he has trade value and instantly is like, okay, he was worth my pick. I just kind of want to get him off my roster. Cause I don't want to deal with it. Like if, if his trade value goes up. So we'll, we'll discuss that. Um, if that happens, the uh, drama, the drama. All right. Let's jump in to our top 12 wide receivers for this season. Now, some of the names we say, they're going to surprise you. But I want to remind people before we start, every year there are new wide receivers in the top 12 that weren't there the year before. Weren't even close to there the year before. So before you say, oh my God, how would this possibly happen? It happens every year. Wide receivers are very inconsistent. They go up and down. There's newcomers and people who break out every year. So just in 2021, we had Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, and Hunter Renfro all made the top 12 first time ever for each of them. That's one, two, three, four. That's five guys, five new guys in the top 12 that never even came close to that prior in their career. Obviously Chase was a rookie, but saying a rookie can make the top 12 as well. So let's get through these guys. And if you're mad at us, you can come yell at us on Twitter, but just keep an open mind is all I wanted to say before we get started.
0: I thought you were actually going to say just remember this is the ball blast podcast and oh, we literally true. give our actual opinion. If you wanted uh to see where wide receivers ranked in 2021, I encourage you to I don't know check out the fantasy pros leaders tool uh where you can see where everybody finished last year, but we don't copy and paste fantasy finishes. That is not how we do things on the ball blast
2: podcast to quickly give myself a shout out. I was the expert nine in uh, wide receiver rankings last year, pre-draft Boom. don't go look at my running back rankings,
1: <laughs> <Pre-draft>.
2: <laughs> but that was among 200 or so experts. I was top 10 in wide receiver rankings. So I'll give myself a little you know, snaps snaps for that one. Yeah. All right, let's hop in. This is too much talking. Number one and number two, we're going to put them together because these are everybody's one and two, and we're not getting ballsy here. Number one for us is Justin Jefferson. I have him at one. Kate has him at one. Jake, you have him at two. And then Cooper Cup is our number two. Kate and I both have him at two. Jake, you have him at one. So just let's have a discussion here why we have either one ahead of the other. Justin Jefferson last year was the uh, wide receiver four. Uh, overall and in points per game, put up 1,616 receiving yards, 10 receiving touchdowns, absolutely killer season that just kind of is not given enough love because what Cooper Cup did. Cooper Cup, on the other hand, was the wide receiver. one last year by a ton, and he also scored 90 more fantasy points than Justin Jefferson last year. So maybe it's okay, Jake, for you to say you two are stupid and Cooper Cup should be number one but why do you have cup over jefferson
1: and and i don't think that's the case with these two i think a lot like with our running backs with cmc and and jonathan taylor having one of these guys at one does not mean that you think the other sucks like this is just a case of two stud receivers and for me it's a matter of how cooper cup performed both with and without his immediate number 2 receiver on the field who last year was robert woods so with and without Robert Woods, it didn't matter one iota. He was just as good in the lineup with Robert Woods as without. Insert Alan Robinson into the picture, who I still think has a lot left. And and uh, a little spoiler for much further ahead, because we're not going to talk about him, but I have him ranked higher than both of you two do for this season. But I still don't view him as highly as I did Woods last year, which means still even a little bit more should fall onto his shoulders potentially. Um, and I think he can handle that. Uh, not that Justin Jefferson cannot. I think for me, it's just with the Vikings trying to get more three wide receiver sets going this year, supposedly, according to the new coach uh, O'Donnell there, or O'Connell? O'Connell? O'Connell. Yeah. O'Connell. Uh, He wants more three wide receiver sets. That just could mean that, hey, a field stretcher like KJ Osborne sneaks away a few of those longer throws from Jefferson. I'm still not worried, obviously. We're just kind of nitpicking here.
0: So, Jake, are you saying you think there is potential for Cooper Cup to walk away with 190 plus targets once again?
1: No. No. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that Cooper Cup could very easily walk away with 100, and, let's say, 70 targets, and it wouldn't shock me one bit, especially with the status said, of this backfield in LA.
0: You said more could be on his shoulder this year.
1: Oh, I just mean like in terms of coverage mm-hmm. and him like getting more downfield targets and things like that, which I think could absolutely still be the case here. Um, hypothetically, if he gets 190 targets, like I'm I'm comfortable not projecting it, but I'm comfortable believing that's possible. I believe it for him much more than I would for Justin Jefferson. Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there where I think Cooper Cup will get 170, right? That's kind of the sweet spot where I have him at. I do think they come down a little bit with Allen Robinson there with the running backs. I mean, if Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson can stay healthy, especially if both can, then they should run a little bit more. And then with Justin Jefferson, you brought up Kevin O'Connell. Now Cooper cup loses his offensive coordinator and where does that offensive coordinator go? He goes to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So now Kevin O'Connell who was the OC for the Rams is now the head coach for the Vikings and all you've heard these wide receivers say for the Vikings is wow this offense is going to be different we're going to pass a lot more there like we're just so much more open there's so much more space in this offense Justin Jefferson couldn't like talk more lovingly about how much space he has to work which he's already averaging 15 yards per reception and by the way he had 170 targets basically last year 167 which in an offense that didn't throw all that often, it's not, they were like kind of middle of the pack. I think we'll see that increase as well. His touchdowns should be there. Um, So that's why I have Justin Jefferson just a little bit ahead, but I'm completely fine taking Cup as well. What really solidified it for me was the fact that Matthew Stafford's elbow is a complete question mark right now. I want to kind of, you know, not worry about that as much if I'm choosing between the two. So that's what made me go Jefferson.
0: That's exactly what it is for me. Like it's uh much like the Packers running backs. It's 1A and 1A. And you should be really happy if you have either of these guys as your wide receiver one. But for me, the tiebreaker was the elbow and the uncertainty there. Could it completely not even be an issue by the time the season comes? Absolutely. But if I can eliminate it from the equation, why not? Yeah.
2: 100%. All right, let's move on to our wide receiver 3. Uh it's Stefan Diggs. I thought I was high on Stefan Diggs. I am at 5, but Jake you have him at 3 and Kate you have him at 4. So I actually was the lowest. I was surprised by that. But Boo. Love me some Stefan Diggs this year. So I'm happy he's our consensus wide receiver 3. His ADP is wide receiver 5. So we're a bit higher on him than normal or than the rest of the world. He was the wide receiver seven in 2021. Wide receiver nine in points per game. He was a wide receiver three in 2020, though, and it feels like his stats, like in so many areas, were exactly the same from 2021 to 2020. Like the targets were nearly identical. His yards per reception were nearly identical. He actually had two more touchdowns that he did in 2020. The biggest difference was that his catch percentage dropped by about 13 percent a wild drop you expect that to come back towards the middle 77 catch percent in 2020 63 in 2021 expect that to come back to 67 percent, and he's gonna just be fantastic do the kate yes you have him (laughs) at four (laughs) yes why do you love stefan dix this year
0: i mean again it comes down to the offense he's clearly the go-to guy for josh allen there's no there, there's just no competing there. Two seasons, back-to-back, 160-plus targets. And, Michelle, like you mentioned, that drop in catch percentage, I do think that, I mean, looking at overall, Stephon Diggs's career, prior to last year, his rookie season had a catch rate of just under 62%. But other than that, he's been averaging like right around high 60s, low 70s. And that's been kind of average for him. So uh, projecting him to go back up, maybe to like a 68% uh, to 70% catch rate with Josh Allen. I don't think that's out of the question at all. This is a high powered offense. I think based on what we've seen at the running back position, we know that this is going to be kind of a, a rotating circle. I don't know that their offensive line is going to be good enough or healthy enough all year long to be able to establish the run like they probably would like. So yeah, I think this is going to come down to Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, and it's going to be a show. Yeah, Jake, why do you have him the highest
2: at three
1: all the way at three? He's so safe for me this year. I don't know. I mean, the dude leads all receivers and targets over the last two years. And as you said, it's not like, a spike season has thrown that off. It's just been very consistent. And they extended him this off at, this off season, got a massive contract extension. Like they want him to be a focal point here. It's like, listen to what the team is already telling you. Uh, I don't care about the Gabriel Davis hype uh, to get in his way in any, any real way for fantasy at least. Um, and the touchdowns will be there. They'll always be there in an offense like that. So he is just the definition of security to me.
2: Yeah, I love that. I, I totally agree. I think when you take him, you know, you know you're know you getting the guy that's going to score a lot of points, and you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, you don't have to worry about him busting, pretty much. I love that. All right, moving on to our wide receiver for Bengals, wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Now, this is high for Jake and I, because I have him at six, Jacob has him at seven, but Kate pushed his consensus ranking all the way up here because she has him at three, so she is very bullish on him. Well, You and I still, you know, really like him. Just not crazy like Caitlin and everyone else because he is going as a wide receiver three in drafts. Last year, as a rookie, wide receiver five overall and in fantasy points per game, 128 targets, 1,455 receiving yards, and 13 touchdowns as a rookie. Insane. Let's start with you, Kate. Why is he so high at three? I mean, I guess because he's amazing, but
0: it's <laughs> like, why do you feel? Yeah. Thank you. That's my analysis. Why do you
2: feel confident he's going to be even better than he was last year?
0: So for me, it comes basically, I'm I'm just projecting a little bit more stability in that project production in his second season in the NFL. We've already seen the ceiling is just absolutely freaking sky high, literally at 50 points in week 17 against the Kansas city chiefs, like that is psychotic. That is um, that should be illegal. I don't know. Like these, these chiefs players have families, man. And I, I think that Jamar chase uh, in another, like a, a successful off season program. Uh, we know he had his struggles last year, but I, that hasn't seemed to be an issue. Uh, it hopefully, We see a healthy Joe Burrow because we know that his appendix ruptured and he's been out for a little while, but hopefully he's going to be good to go for week one. Um, He's healthy. And I mean, looking at T Higgins, Jake, you have T Higgins quite high and we'll get to that shortly, but I am a little bit worried about just how long it's taken T Higgins to bounce back from the shoulder injury. I think this is going to be Jamar Chase's show. And T Higgins similarly has very high upside, but I'm just projecting the consistency to increase for Jamar chase. And it's, it's hard to push him down. I don't know how.
2: I think my biggest thing with Jamar chase and I can't get him ahead of some of these other guys and why I have him ranked at number six is because we, we saw insane efficiency from him to start the year. I mean, to start his rookie season, too. So it just made it even that much more incredible. But from weeks one through seven, he was averaging 21.5 yards per reception. And he had a 69 completion percentage as well. Like everything was going his way, averaging 108 receiving yards per game. But then we kind of saw that drop off and they started to utilize T. Higgins more from weeks eight through the Super Bowl. That Yards per reception dropped down to 15 yards per reception, which is still very solid. Like we just said that Justin, Justin Jefferson averaged that. So like that number is very fair to say that's what he'll average next year. And his completion percentage dropped down from 69 to 63. So we saw the efficiency die off already. And he was just so up and down last year. He had those massive, massive games. But then was a wide receiver 25 or worse, and nearly 60% of his games played. So he kind of killed you 60% of the time. And you brought up that 50-point game. That made up 20% of his total fantasy points last year. Now I expect him to be more consistent, but and I expect the Bengals to pass more. So I have him, I have him at wide receiver six. I just can't get him ahead of the other guys. Uh Jake. Why are you the lowest on him at seven?
1: I think I'm the lowest on chase because I'm stupidly high on T Higgins. I have T Higgins ahead of Jamar chase in my ranks. I have Higgins at five and Jamar chase at seven. I obviously love both of these pass catchers very much, but I just happen to love Higgins even more so. And part of it's what you were already saying, Michelle, like, I love Chase and his potential that he showed in year one. There there is no denying that he is just an incredible athlete, incredible wide receiver. But there was kind of a tale of two halves last year where we started to see T. Higgins take over things a little bit more towards the half of the season. If you want to use whatever week you want to use, week eight, nine, 10, 11, from that point forward, he started to score more points per game than Jamar Chase did. And half PPR. And it's not that Chase just fell off. It's that Higgins became so good from those weeks, eight through 17, when they all really played together. Higgins had more weeks inside the top 12. He had more weeks inside the top 24. Yes, Jamar Chase booms and he booms bigger, but Higgins has more reliability for me right now in that offense. And people act like Higgins is so old. Like, oh, Higgins, the old man in the group, he's going into his third season, calm down. Now I know the, the injury is concerning, but I think that's when he started to kind of get his groove back was, you know, he had the injury at the beginning of the year with the shoulder. It definitely took him some time to come back. He was kind of used as a decoy for a couple of games. It really looked like even with some decent target share, but week eight, he starts coming alive. And his yards per target start to really shine, Higgins. You know, from week on, it's it's 12.5 yards per target to Chase's 9.1. And the playoffs are basically identical at 10.5 yards per target. Like, they became jointly involved. It's just the fact of, do I want to rely, like you said, Michelle, on one game, which is an amazing game. And if you had him starting in your playoff week, Jamar Chase, like, You are right now shouting at me. Why in the hell do you have him at wide receiver seven? But yeah, it's, it's crazy to have to bank on that. And then nothing, you know, the week prior because you might not have been in contention because you started chase.
2: Yeah. Because I was going to say that you like, yeah, you had that massive game in your fantasy championship, but in week 15, he had 0.8 points, 0.8 points. He could have lost you that week, and then you couldn't even use them in like. He, there's a very solid chance he lost you that week, unless someone else, you know, performed well ahead of what they're supposed to. You, you know, your opponent didn't have a very good week, but that's a brutal score to have in week one of the playoffs to knock you out. Um, and then from weeks eight through thirteen, he scored eleven points, eight points by week, eleven points, five points, seven points. That's a six-week stretch where he was, like, barely usable. So, I I just – I think Jamar Chase is going to be – have those up and down weeks with T. Higgins there. Um, I'm with you. So, I don't think he's very safe. But you don't – you're
0: not projecting, like, growth and development for Jamar Chase because – I can See, I feel like you're saying we're just gonna copy and paste his 2021 season, which was fantastic. But I don't
2: know how much room there is for growth. He put up 1455 yards and thirty. The growth touchdowns. is
0: not in the total, the growth is in the consistency and the the um lack of disappearing. Like you don't want him to have any more of those games where he loses you those weeks. But I think another year in the offense uh where he is like not coming off of a crappy off season program where he couldn't see the ball or whatever the hell that was. Like I, I struggle to think that he doesn't become more consistent. Cause if you think he's as talented as he is, which he is, how are you not projecting growth? Like I, I don't know. I I just can't
2: get him over the other guys who I think are going to be more consistent and they don't have that same, Uh, competition in their offense Uh, i think that's really what it is I, i also really like t higgins and in their last 14 games um playing together with the Bengals, including the playoffs t higgins led the offense in receiving yards 1144 compared to 1069 for chase t higgins led the team in yards per reception with 17 yards per reception compared to chase's 15 T. Higgins had seven games with 15-plus fantasy points compared to Chase's six. T. Higgins had four games with 20-plus fantasy points compared to Jamar Chase's three. Remember
0: when you told me not to say Juju Smith-shoes? Yeah, but <laughs> so,
2: like, no, no other person we're talking about up here has a T. Higgins, uh, and I think that's the big thing here. We're, uh,
0: Justin Jefferson has a Adam Thielen.
2: Yes, a very old Adam Thielen who will still work, but we're talking about... T. Higgins, again, who is going into his third year, like Jake said. He still has room for growth. T. Higgins,
0: who missed most of his offseason program because he's still dealing with a shoulder injury.
2: He's back now. He's fine. All right, let's move on to our wide receiver five. Uh, it's Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams, and he's far too low. I'm sorry Packers to the wide listeners. Receiver? Oh, my goodness. Raiders wide receiver Devontae uh, oh what a flashback that was <laughs> i'm so sorry to do that to you jake that had a hurt uh, sore through your chest it wasn't
1: great it wasn't great so i have can, him. you can persist
2: even with the raiders i i, I did project him as the raiders <laughs> i wasn't out here thinking he's with aaron Rodgers still but i have him at wide receiver three jake you have him at six kate is the lowest on him at eight i mean devonta adams is no matter who his quarterback is, he's likely. I don't. I'm scared to say this, but I think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. You think that's fair?
1: I yeah. think it is fair. Yeah, currently.
2: Yeah. Why are you scared to say that? Well, because like, I mean, you got your ball's Drummond, like, like Cooper Cups. I don't. But Devonte Adams is just killer when he's out there healthy. His, you know, a big issue for him in his career has been staying healthy and playing all the games, but. Last year, he was a wide receiver three overall and in points per game. The wide receiver one overall in 2020. Yes, he's going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is a fine thrower of the ball. Like he's a fine passer. I don't think those are his issues when it comes to playing quarterback. I think more of his comes down to mental, like just making a lot of mental errors, but he's a good passer. He has a strong arm. He's accurate. He can get the ball to Devontae Adams, and I think he's going to target him nonstop. Like, I don't care that he targeted Hunter Renfro a ton last year. That's cool. He needed somebody and anybody, and he figured it out. I- I'm not worried about Hunter Renfro stealing targets from Devontae freaking Adams. I'm not worried about him failing in fantasy because he's changing teams. I think he's going to dominate, and that's why he's my wide receiver three. Jake, let's go with you because you're the Packers boy. He's leaving your hometown.
1: Yeah, I had to drop him down two spots just out of spite. I hope everybody can respect <laughs> that. That's a decision I had to make myself. That's uh, not true. But I do feel like, you know, wide receiver six would not be failing. If he were to finish as the wide receiver six, that would obviously still be great. I just uh, did not perceive him to have the same upside in this particular offense because I am thinking that his target share is obscene. From the last few years with Aaron Rodgers, like patently obscene. He's not getting, in my opinion, 32% again, like he's averaged the last couple of years. And even last year, his wide receiver three on points per game basis with that. Enter Darren Waller, who I still believe is very good. It's kind of strange. We haven't heard much about him this offseason. Uh, although to be fair, most of the talk has been on this backfield, uh, strangely enough. But I do think Waller's target percentage has historically been super high for a tight end in this offense. I mean, 2020, he had 28% of the target share. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's just going to keep this. And even last year as he was fighting through injuries and stuff, and half percent doesn't mean that's just going to stick. But it does mean that there's a legitimate tight end threat, as opposed to, even though I love him, Robert Tunyon in Green Bay. You know, it's not the same. Hunter Renfro, not the same as the guys below him in the pecking order in Green Bay. Sorry, Alan Lazard. Hunter Renfro is better than you, in my opinion. So it's not a matter of like, oh, he can't eat. He can still eat. It's just I don't think that he has the same ceiling necessarily that he once did.
2: He doesn't really need close to the same target share, though, right? Like if you expect Derek Carr, I mean, maybe he doesn't throw as much as he did last year, but he did have the second most pass attempts in the NFL last year.
1: When I brought this up for Derek Carr, were we not harping on the fact that that number is going to regress? It
2: has to go down, but still, like, Aaron Rodgers has had a pretty low pass attempt. Like, I don't think he's going to get as low as Aaron Rodgers has been lately. So if you expect, you know, another 50 at least, you know, plus pass attempts. I guess you still need it to be a pretty high target share. But I just, I can't imagine Derek Carr wanting Devontae Adams this bad and being like, no, I need to pass to Hunter Renfrow, just little white boy who so can get me eight yards when I really want him to. Like, and then Darren Waller, I need to utilize my tight end over, you know, freaking Devontae Adams, who's a beast and can get anything done. I, I think he's going to utilize his best player by far.
0: I think the issue is just that you're uh, underestimating his like spreading the ballness. I just like I, I don't see. Does
2: he spread the ball? Because before, he's,
0: I mean, he doesn't, he's really. given the he's given the ball to his best target. Yeah, he always uh, which gives the the ball has to been his best uh, generally speaking like Darren Waller. Yeah, but now he's got Darren Waller. He's also got. I'm not saying like Hunter Renfro is gonna have 160 targets and he's gonna steal from Devonte Adams, but. I do think that like they're going to continue to get each of these guys their share, and I I just don't project a uh, hundred and sixty targets for Devonte Adams. Like that's not in the realm of possibility for me. Okay. All
2: right. Fine. You guys are losers. You have them too <laughs> low. Moving on to wide receiver six. Uh, my my boy. My guy this offseason that I've been harping on, a CeeDee Lamb Cowboys wide receiver entering his third season. I have him at wide receiver four. I'm the highest. Jake, you have him at eight. You're the lowest. And Kate has him at seven. Um, I've been talking up CeeDee Lamb like this entire offseason. So, Jake, you have him at wide receiver eight. I think it's a fair ranking, so I'm not going to give you too much crap for that. Um, But why can't you get him higher than that?
1: It's just strictly, it sounds so stupid, but strictly like, I can't look at anybody else on my list that I have above him and go, yep, he's better than them. Or I, I project him to finish higher. And I understand the idea is all these guys left in, in free agency from the Cowboys. They should open things up wide for C.D. Lamb. And in my head, I cannot picture it. I still do not picture C.D. Lamb as this like alpha obvious number one even with those guys gone like I think Dalton Schultz is going to get a lot more involvement than people reckon and I think they're going to rely on their backfield more than people want to believe like again CeeDee Lamb at eight I think great things are in store for him better things than we've seen so far it's just I feel like we're maybe undercutting what the shape of this team is going to look like And it's a little bit not to the same extent as Green Bay, but like the focus is going to shift maybe a little bit way from throwing so much. Because I don't think Dak Prescott is a good enough quarterback personally to be like, I've got this one guy to throw to. Let's do it. That's not him to me. So not that other guys can't step up, but it's just going to be, I think, a little tougher for CeeDee Lamb to see these kind of bonkers week to week numbers.
2: So I think but you have T Higgins ahead of CeeDee Lamb. And I find that kind of wild because we know that CeeDee Lamb's target share has to be high this year, right? And he's not competing with Jamar Chase. He's not competing with Tyler Boyd. He's competing with one tight end. And one, like, I really love Dalton Schultz, but one, like, you know, average tight end. Dalton Schultz is very good. And skill set-wise, you know, like, he's going to get the targets and he's going to be really good for fantasy. But skill set-wise, he's competing with one, you know, average tight end. So I just find that wild that T Higgins
1: and one below average coach that he's fighting against, which is Mike McCarthy. So there's another uh, deduction from the Packers homer here probably is, is the coaching belief in Mike McCarthy.
2: Zach Haley is a pretty bad coach as well. I know they got to the Super Bowl, <laughs> but I do not trust him as a coach. Kate, do you have anything to add on CD Lamb?
0: What I'm projecting for CD Lamb is for him probably uh, to finish you know, right around wide receiver six to eight. And I think he's going to do it in a very Jamar chase way where you're not necessarily going to be able to rely on it week to week. And I think there are going to be some ups and downs. I think this team in general going to have some ups and downs. And I I think that's going to play into CD Lamb's upside for me and cap it off a little bit. I think that's
2: fair. I mean, this whole offseason, I've been talking about how his target share has to increase. I mean, it just has to this year. 18.8% last year. That was the same percent of team target rate as Mike Kosicki, tight end for the Dolphins. That's a lower percent than Robbie Anderson had with the Panthers that percentage almost not just has to go up. It's going to go up to like 25 plus percent. So I think we're going to see a massive difference. And we act like CeeDee Lamb just completely sucked last year. He put up 1,100 yards and we just act like, well, boo-hoo, you were terrible. And he was still what, the wide receiver 18? Yeah, he was a wide receiver 18, but he put up 1,100 yards on an 18% target share. He and Chris Godwin were the only two players to do that with less, to put up 1,100 yards with less than a 20% target share. And he did it with an 18.8. Like, that's really impressive. <laughs> Increase that and he's going to do great things. That's all I got to say. All right. Moving on to the guy that does not excite me whatsoever, but he excites you too like crazy. Mike Evans. Ooh. He is our consensus wide receiver. Seven. I have him down at 11. Jake, you have him at four. Four. Kate has it at five. I think you two are crazy. Um, crazy for Mike Evans. He was a wide receiver eight overall in 2021 uh, in points and overall. And wide receiver 10 in 2020. 27 touchdowns over the last two years with Tom Brady. So he has been killing it. He has ADP as wide receiver 10. We have him at wide receiver seven. You two can take the floor here on Mike Evans. Jake, start with you.
1: Well, I, I gave a pretty long diatribe about him having a career year a few episodes back. So go find our uh, career years episode and listen to the long version. But uh, I, even I have to admit, at this point right now, I'm a little scared about having that wide receiver four. And it's not because of him. It's not because of Tom Brady, who's been gone for a week and a half. It's now starting to be because of the offensive line. So there's been some guys going down here the last couple of weeks that they're they're losing. So, If we get some dire news that, like, all right, those three guys that they've all lost are gone for the season and they're not coming back, I will be adjusting Mike Evans, but we don't have that news just yet. I'm still hopeful that they'll be able to put this thing back together uh, in time uh, at least, you know, a couple weeks into the season. If it's a rough start, it's a rough start. I can handle that. But with the bad news out of the way with Evans, again, it's just Gronk is gone. I I want to believe that he's coming back with every passing day. It gets a little bit tougher. So the touchdowns that Gronk had, which were plentiful with Tom, have to be going somebody's way. If you want to believe that it's Julio Jones, I can't get there with you. I just can't get there with (laughs) Julio Jones, I'm afraid. It's Mike Evans for me who's going to be dictating that red zone basically once again. Chris Godwin coming back, shaky to start. It's going to be a hot start for Mike Evans, I think. Um, and again, I projected a career damn year for the guy. I'm not interested in your Todd Bowles counterargument of he's a defensive uh, guy, so they're going to be a defensive team now. Tom Brady's not going to let that happen in his swan song year. He's not going to let that happen. He's not going to throw 719 times. He's not going to have to. Mike Evans isn't going to have to catch 30% of those passes. Uh, and he'll still be amazing if the o line can hold up
0: the o line's definitely scary but honestly it I'm kind of going back to this like circular logic here so the offensive line absolutely terrible obviously you need you need it to hold up long enough for a, a route to develop right like that's the goal uh Tom Brady's no Jalen hurts he doesn't have the legs i get it yada 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 but if you can't establish the run, you're going to have to pass. Uh, and we've already seen tremendous volume here for the Bucks as Tom Brady continues to age somehow. You brought up Rob Gronkowski, his absence. Mike Evans, in the last two seasons, in the five games where he played without Rob Gronkowski, averaged four points per game more than he did in the 27 games he played with Gronk and i do think that comes down to touchdowns a little bit average uh just like i mean guys he he was a freaking just absolute monster 1.2 touchdowns per game on average in those 5 games that he played without Gronk we know that he's already the t- the the touchdown guy we know that he's brady's right hand man here That was with Gronk on the field and it like, let's also be clear. Yes. Chris Godwin is returning, but Mike Evans has also scored plenty of these touchdowns with Chris Godwin on the field over the last two years. Like Chris Godwin does not necessarily like it might cap the ceiling there, but Chris Godwin doesn't mean anything bad for Mike Evans. Um, I think he's going to start very hot for the season. We just don't like Chris Godwin. We don't really know where his health is going to be to start the season. Yes, he might be, uh, you know, he might be practicing. That's great. But he's going to need to test that knee in a game. And he's going to need to clear those mental hurdles before I think we're going to see Chris Godwin being peak Chris Godwin. Give me Mike Evans all day, just so reliable. Eight straight seasons, never had a season where he had fewer than a thousand receiving know, yards. No, because he always
2: gets right to a thousand. You guys were just crapping on Ceedee Lamb for having eleven 1, hundred yards. Yeah, Mike Evans gets just over a thousand, uh, like a thousand and six in 2020. The difference is a Mike Evans and thirty-one. The difference is Mike
0: Evans has had thirteen touchdowns in each of his last two seasons with Tom Brady. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the difference. I know. If you're projecting CeeDee Lamb for 13 touchdowns, I can't help you.
2: But you're 100% just hoping for touchdowns with Mike Evans, and they're likely going to come. But that's just – and I just – I don't see the upside of being a top five wide receiver. I just don't because – like you, I mean, what we're saying, he put up 14 touchdowns last year, and he still wasn't even close to sniffing a top five wide receiver. So. Wasn't he
0: wide receiver eight?
2: Yeah, but not. Pretty- but it well wasn't close to being a top five wide receiver. Okay, mm-hmm. I just I I don't see it happening. Okay, all right. I just I more want for me. I want anybody more exciting than Mike Evans. He's like the most <laughs> boring fantasy guy to me in the world. Oh uh, God,
1: this guy is so reliable and never ever fails me. Why do I even bother? Michelle, he him in fails fantasy. you in like
2: half of. Half of the game. Michelle just
0: likes the bad true. boys, like the Mike Williamses. <laughs> like she wants to be let down. Well, yeah, a... you guys let She me wants
2: down with she... Mike Williams too. No, she wants. About
0: that. She wants a guy that's gonna like, uh, show up late for their date and let her like wait at the table a little while, uh, just make her sweat it out a little bit. because
2: She likes the bad boys. Number eight. We're moving <laughs> on. Consensus wide receiver number eight, Cortland Sutton. Thank you guys for not ruining this one. Uh, I have him ranked at seven, the highest out of us three. Jake, you have him at nine. Kate at 11. Kate's exact words when she saw Cortland Sutton's ranking. She said, this is way too high. Why, Kate? Why? Why do you hate Cortland Sutton?
0: I don't hate Cortland Sutton. Obviously, I contributed to the rankings. (laughs) It's just the three of us. But uh, to see him at number eight in the top 10, is a little wild, but like that is as ballsy as we're going to get here on this wide receiver rankings episode currently being drafted as the wide receiver 21. So we're more than 10 spots ahead of consensus. It's just a big jump. It's a big jump and it's very bold and and it's beautiful. Um, I mean, Cortland Sutton in his return from the torn ACL finishes the wide receiver forty-six in 2021, it was not good. It was not pretty, but Michelle, I think you've laid out the, uh, the pathway for him to finish as a wide receiver one. And I think that comes down to Russell Wilson being the quarterback in this offense and them being a much more efficient passing offense and him kind of profiling as that alpha dude, where Russell Wilson is just going to throw to him on a scramble play and the play broke down and they're just gonna connect. and they've been doing it all off season long. I feel like that's all we've heard about is the connection there between Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton. I just think this is going to be a good team. It's supported well by the run game. Uh, but I, I think like this offense is going to come down to Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton is going to be. That that wide receiver one. He's gonna be that dude.
2: Jake, what do you have to add on Cortland Sutton?
1: He was great with Joe Flacco as his quarterback in 2019. like That's enough. That's enough for me. I don't really care. His his A dot's gonna be so magical with Russell Wilson. Even with his bum thumb last year, Russ threw the 14th most passes of 20 yards uh plus down the field. I just I love the touchdowns to be there. I love everything to be there. Just draft Sutton,
2: man. Yeah, these two play styles like mesh so well together. I'm very excited to see how it works out. Um Jerry Judy is obviously not in our top 12, but you know, if you if you feel like Russell Wilson will support both of them in fantasy, then draft them both. Do you? But we're high on Cortland Sutton here. Uh, wide receiver nine in our consensus ranking is 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. He was the wide receiver, two overall um, in 2021. Absolutely fantastic season. I have Debo Samuel at number nine, so right where our consensus is. Jake, you have him at 11, and Kate has him at 10. I was surprised by this when I saw it because I thought I was low on Debo. Um, It turns out you two are even lower than I am by a little bit. Diva last year was actually super consistent. He never had under 10 fantasy points in any game in PPR last season. He had 15 plus points in 13 of his 16 games. Had five games with 28 plus points. Like just a really fantastic season. Um, I guess the change from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance, you know, you would expect them not to throw too often and to be a little bit more run heavier. Does Devo Samuel score eight rushing touchdowns again? That seems pretty wild and really hard to repeat as a wide receiver. Jake, what are your thoughts on Devo Samuel? I almost feel like wide receiver is too high, but he's so talented. It's hard to get him lower. Are you on the same page with me there?
1: Yeah, that's why there's no way I could get him outside of my top 12. But it's still just scary to think about what that changeover at quarterback is going to do. I mean, I talked about this last offseason thinking Trey Lance might be involved. uh, And obviously that did not pan out for last year. But it's like, I don't know who he's going to hook up with. Because Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, say what you will about any of them. They are all massively talented. I know Ayuk was in the doghouse last season. He is coming out of it, certainly, uh, at the tail end of last year and in this training camp with Trey Lance. So if he favors a guy, it's going to be hard for him to shake that. It's going to be hard for Debo to live up to the volume that he had. 121 targets, 59 rush attempts, like you said, eight rushing touchdowns. It is not an indictment of his talent whatsoever. It's just he's been clear he doesn't want to be used as a rusher that much. Uh, as he did last year, which makes sense, obviously, nor would we expect that necessarily with Lance in the mix, who's a Russian quarterback, but he's just so dynamic. I, I can't drop him further, but I do have higher hopes for Ayuk compared to his own ADP versus Debo at his.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kate, are you with us there? Because I really want to hear about this next guy that you have ranked um, in, insanely high compared to the other. Uh, so anything else to add on Debo?
0: No, I think it just comes down to uh, like projected uh, regression in terms of his rushing production. Uh, He was very vocal about that in the contract uh, dispute that he had with the 49ers. Uh, He wanted to be paid for all of these rough and tumble touches he was getting on his body. Uh, And I I just don't project that they're going to be uh, as you know, consistent in terms of that aspect of Debo's game. I'm sure they're still going to incorporate it into the offensive game plan, but not as frequently. And I think that's going to hurt his, his floor a little bit in terms of just his safety on a week to week basis. But also Trey Lance, there's still plenty of question marks there. We have him uh, inside our top 12 for quarterback rankings this year. and. I I think that's very reasonable considering his rushing floor, but I mean, we still haven't seen Trey Lance uh, throw what more than 350 passes in a single season. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting and a little scary. That's why his wide receiver six cost is just a little too rich for me. And I think all of us, Um, but really the guy I want to hear about is our wide receiver 10. It ends up being AJ Brown. Eagles' new wide receiver, A.J. Brown. And the reason why he makes it at 10 is not because of Jake or I. We both have him at 15, which I I think is reasonable and pretty high still. Uh, Kate, you have him at 6. You have A.J. Brown, wide receiver 6, in an Eagles offense that was very run-heavy last year with Jalen Hurts. Um, Explain yourself, please. I'll I'll give you one minute because we're running long here, so keep it short. To be fair,
0: when we talk about the Eagles ranking first in rushing, that was because of Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. All right. Like, that was not because of Miles Sanders getting, you know, 200,000 million rushing yards. Like, no, that was because the quarterback was running a lot and he was very good at it. Like, that is what skewed that rushing data. But, I mean, Michelle, we've already talked at length about how I project this to be Jalen Hurts's josh allen leap and aj brown is the wide receiver that i think is going to help him make that leap we know he's a physical freak we know he's an alpha dog wide receiver now he gets a guy that can uh, put some power on a ball and, and and deliver it perfectly and i love the scheme i love everything about the eagles and you do too so that's why A.J. Brown, uh, it just kind of puzzles me. We know the upside's super high, and each of his first two seasons out of three had a 1,000 receiving yards, uh, eight touchdowns in his rookie year, 11 in his sophomore season. He had a down year in 2021. He wasn't fully healthy. Are you not projecting that he takes a big leap with Jalen Hurts, who, I mean, I, I think he's going to be... um the I don't know. I, I guess I just don't see how you can't have A.J. Brown in your top 10.
2: Well, A.J. Brown, you know, uh, 10, 1,051 yards, 1,075 yards. Yes, really good first two years with the touchdowns, too. And I think he's going to be really good with Jalen Hurts. They seem to have a great connection this offseason and into the preseason. Um, Not in the games, I guess, but in uh, training camp. They look great together but AJ Brown has never played with Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, who I think are going to be heavily utilized as well. Devonte Smith is a great wide receiver. He had a great rookie year. It just has been, was way overshined by Jamar Chase. And I, I think Smith is going to be utilized a ton j- with AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. It's not going to be forgotten. I just don't think there's enough targets to go around to get Brown inside my top 10. That's why I have him at 15. I think that's very fair. Jake, do you have anything to add I think to that? I think this
0: is so interesting because this is the same argument that I just made for the Raiders, and you just applied it to A.J. Brown. Devontae What's Smith the is
2: 100 times a wide receiver that Hunter Renfro is, and yeah, I guess Darren Waller is better than Dallas Goddard, but I think there's more targets to go around in uh, Las Vegas as well. Like, Jalen Hurts is still going to run a ton. They're still going to run a lot. I, I don't think they're all of a sudden just going to become a super pass-heavy offense they they don't need to become
0: super pass heavy though. They don't have For a... targets
2: to go around to three people you do.
0: You you don't though. Like we we've seen this again with again and and I'm not saying that it's going to be a a perfect match of a third year leap from Josh Allen but I think we saw Josh Allen was a perfect case study of how they um were able to incorporate Josh Allen's rushing ability while still trending more heavily towards the pass. I think these offenses are so similar because they don't really have stability in the run game. Outside of Jalen Hurts, they don't. And A.J. Brown, I think, you know, is, again, that alpha wide receiver. Devontae Smith is super talented, had an incredible rookie season, but are you not telling me that you think, at least for fantasy, that A.J. Brown has higher upside? Then who?
2: Devontae Smith. Oh, well, yeah. I have A.J. Brown ranked as my wide receiver 15. I have Devontae Smith in my low twenty. So, yeah, I think A.J. Brown has higher upside. Jake, what are your thoughts on A.J. Brown?
1: Yeah, I just I, – I love him, but, again, it's who do I bump him for or who do I bump in favor of him. It's like, yeah, well, I, I agree Sutton, that Jalen –
0: Samuel, No. Um, no. Uh, Nick
1: Evans – Another, Give me another week and maybe I'll get there with Debo, but not with the other guys. Uh, I think with Jalen Hurts, though, I agree he's going to take a a step forward as a passer. I think it's pretty natural with somebody of A.J. Brown's talent. But is he going to go from 432 pass attempts to 560 pass attempts? That I can't see. You know, a respectable 5 to 520, absolutely. I, I can get there. I also just maybe love... Kenny Gainwell is still a little too hard Ooh, I Think And yeah, that he's a, a legitimate pass catcher from their backfield. So it's like, you know, even if he gets the lion's share of those targets and is pretty damn efficient with them, can I get him higher? I don't know. Can he finish inside the top 10? Absolutely. Doesn't mean I'm going to draft him there.
2: Yeah. He's going to have to score so many touchdowns um, to get that high, but maybe we'll see. Uh, All right, moving on to wide receiver 11. This will be the last wide receiver we talk about because we already hit on T. Higgins, and he is our wide receiver 12. So uh, wide receiver 11, it is, I put every single one of their old teams in our show notes, uh, but Tyree Kill is our wide receiver 11, and he's now on the Dolphins, Uh, not the Chiefs, which is unfortunate. I wish he was still on the Chiefs. I think we all do. Uh, But I have Tyreek Hill at wide receiver 16. I'm the lowest. Jake, you have him at 12. Kate has him at nine, ends up as our wide receiver 11. So I'm definitely bringing him down here. Jake, why, why do you feel confident that Tyreek Hill will be all right this year with Tua instead of Mahomes?
1: Uh, I don't. Honestly, every time I look at this ranking, it makes me want to throw up just a little bit. But you ever have a guy where it's like in your top 12 and you're like, I can't possibly take him outside my top 12. That's Tyreek Hill for me, even though like compared to his ADP. Yeah. Which is currently, I believe wide receiver eight according to fancy pros. I I don't obviously don't want him and I'm not going to have him on teams, but it's like, what if he's just still talented enough and he can elevate Tua enough for his own sake not to make Tua a good fantasy quarterback, but to make himself still very, very relevant. I think that's a possibility that still very much exists with him. It's like, Jalen Waddle doesn't really scare me. I'm I'm fairly low on Waddle this season. Uh, so this is an A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith kind of thing, except I am just kind of low on Waddle. So it's like, well, those pass attempts still have to go somewhere. He's still so good. He could easily do what Waddle did last season, and it wouldn't shock me at all. So... It's not great. <laughs> I don't feel great about it, but that's what it is.
2: Kate, why do you feel comfortable with Tyreek Hill? Is this someone you're actually looking to draft, or is it just like one of those things where you did the projections and you're like, it's Tyreek Hill? I, you know, I have him in my top 12, but I don't feel great about it. Are you with Jake here? I mean, I, I think I have
0: more um, comfort in Tyreek Hill than either of you guys do, but I think the ranking feels appropriate. Like he, is probably going to finish in that nine to 12 range. Obviously Tua is a downgraded quarterback, but I also think that we, you know, in general have underrated Tua and his ability to throw a deep ball, which I've talked about this before, like Tua threw a great deep ball in college and then he was injured and then um, didn't have a great offense, didn't have consistency uh, and was being, pulled in and out for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like this is our, our time to finally see what he can do as a deep passer. And by all accounts, Michelle, there has been so much hype about Tua and his accuracy and um, the, the chemistry that they're seeing between him and Tyree kill so far. I'm, I'm buying into that. Cause I, I think Tyree kill is a very, very talented wide receiver. Uh, and I think Tua's a talented quarterback though. He's not the hashtag tank for Tua kind of guy. Everybody was hoping that he would be back when he was drafted.
2: Yeah. I think Tua can be a fine passer. I'm not really worried about that. I mean, we haven't seen him throw a lot of deep balls. I think a big reason for that. I mean, obviously adding Tyreek kill is going to help, but a big reason for that is the Dolphins offensive line has been so bad. I mean, they were the la- worst in the league last year by far. And yeah, they made a lot of upgrades this off season, but like, does it go from the worst in the league to like, it, like average in one off season? We'll see. Maybe. I don't know if they made that many improvements. Um, so in when your offensive line can't block for you for longer than, two and a half seconds. It's really hard to wait for Tyreek Hill to get open, even though he could do it really fast. It's just going to be hard. That's the
0: beauty though about Tyreek Hill is that you can get the ball in his hands other ways and generate
2: touches for him
0: and he's going to be fine.
2: We saw that last year. Um, His average up the target was way lower. His yards per reception were way lower than what they normally are. 11.2. He was targeted 160 times. And, you know, he ended as the wide receiver six, wide receiver seven in points per game. It's just I think Jalen Waddle is going to be heavily utilized. He is very talented. They drafted him as the sixth overall player just last year, and he had 140 targets last year. So I just don't know if there's enough to go around to both of them. That's why I have Hill ranked as my wide receiver 16, which is too low for him. I'm sure he will make me look really stupid because he's so good. Uh, I can't. I have zero desire to draft him.
1: Same.
2: Yeah. That's fine. Okay. And then our wide receiver twelve, like I said, was T. Higgins. And if you're wondering, because I've been talking up Hollywood Brown this whole off season, he ended as our wide receiver thirteen because people are lame and Kate had to ruin it. Kate oh. had him at wide receiver fifteen, and it pushed him down. Um, and then guys that just missed our top twelve. DJ Moore was 14, Mike Williams, 15, Keenan Allen is 16, Michael Pittman Jr. too low, 17, and Deontay Johnson, 18. Again, this was with half PPR scoring. Um, but yeah, that's it for our show today. Make sure to listen to our episode later this week. We'll be getting into our top 12 tight ends. If you have any questions before then, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at BallBlastEm, E-M. Ball Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at FF FFBallBlast.
1: You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W.
2: Bye, y'all.
1: Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out BallBlastFootball.com for more league-winning advice.